Duncan and both come correct. Welcome back, all you trash monsters and dudettes. Um, this is, uh, Duncan and Bo come the X-Files in which, uh, your, your faithful host, myself, Bo and Duncan. Hi. Uh, <laughs> we have been watching, uh, the X-Files for a long time. Not just, not just this season, Duncan. We are, we are OG X-Files fans. From the street bowl, from the street. From the very streets upon which, uh, the homeless people are defended by trash people. Oh yeah, I love how you go. see. This is this is professional podcasting right here, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't scripted. I didn't script it. I don't nope. know about you. No, nope, no. Nope. I don't know how to read. <laughs> it makes it so much easier to do it uh, live and impromptu. Um, so, <laughs> so this is episode four. Yeah, we're now like there's, uh, this is the third last episode. So yeah, we of have, this we're, one. We're two-thirds of the way through season 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a quick recap, last episode featured Reese Darby as a wereman <laughs> and was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I've watched it twice since we've... <laughs> I went back and watched it twice since we did a recording. I love I, it that much. I haven't watched the whole thing, but that last scene of him recounting his tale... I've watched probably three or four times. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, we are we are shifting gears. And, and you could argue the third episode was the real gear shift. And now we're going back to a little bit more buttoned up X-Files as we, you know, come, have come to think of it. Not not the weird outline episodes like uh, Where Men. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But uh, the more eh, normal, I don't know, is normal the right word for an X-Files episode? Probably not. <laughs> but a more traditional uh, episode of the X-Files. Um, and, uh, and to kick us off here, we're going we're gonna to do a quick, uh, a, a quick recap uh, via the IMDb. Um, the episode is entitled Home Again, which is not a sequel to the episode Home, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the summary is, uh, that Mulder and Scully are sent to investigate the murder of a murder of a city official, uh, which it seems no human could have committed. Meanwhile, Scully deals with a personal tragedy, which brings up many old feelings about the child she gave away for adoption. All that is true. We are done. We will see you all next week. <laughs> uh, no, no. All right. <laughs> We, we should we should probably talk a little bit about it just so people feel like they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. Um, since even though they're, they're not paying for it, Bo. Oh, for they pay a different price. Um, <laughs> it's just not not uh, pecuniary in nature. Um, all right, so I all right. Let's Don't just I there, Bo. Come no, on. No, no, no. I'm I, I know, I know. I, I'm just thinking about. It's a come down, Duncan. There's no question about it. When you come off of something as great as uh, Scully and Mulder meet the Weir creature, mm-hmm. no matter what they they come up with next, it's gonna be a step down. Well, I, yeah, I, that's and that's how I 
entered this episode. I entered this episode, like, like we said last last week, um, every season of The X-Files had one episode which was very quirky. It was a kind of Monster of the Week thing and it had, it had quite a lot of comedy or it, it did something completely different from the rest of the season. And the reason that they were in there was because your average season of X-Files was like 24 episodes. So you need something to break it up. And the episode that always came after it would always be right here we're back into serious mode um and all the rest the the way i kind of look at it is that this season feels like a 24 episode season arc has been crammed into the beats of of you know those episodes but condensed into six so well whilst we had that kind of very very goofy amazing episode last week this is us kind of come. This is the the kind of bringing us back to remind us that the X Files at its core deals with some you could say some outlandish sort of situations, but tends to deal with it in a serious manner, and that's what you got with Home Again. Agreed. There we go. <laughs> now we can finish <laughs> to to the Batmobile Bowl. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's let's take a quick stroll through the plot here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as the synopsis suggested, um, we start with, uh, a dude, uh, being murdered by a hulking figure. Not just like, don't, don't undersell this, Bo. One of my favorite kills in X-Files history. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let, uh, one of the, the glorious things about Home Again is that more than one character is literally ripped asunder. Yeah. <laughs> and and this goes back to a previous uh, episode of uh, this very podcast, in mm-hmm. which we discussed that these episodes have been fairly bloody. Yes. And n- this has been the bloodiest thus far, or at least the most gruesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think when... And we'll get into it in one particular sequence when we see from uh, from looking behind the character, but when we see him holding an arm in one hand and a head with its spinal column attached to it in the other hand, predator style, um, he, he kind of party gets a bit giddy, you know what I mean? <laughs> you sure, know, sure. Oh, business has picked up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said before, the benefit of the X-Files being around now is that you are allowed to do a whole hell of a lot more on TV than you could in 1994. Um, you know, you, ca- you can get quite bloody. You can go out that way. And it looked like, and I, I don't want to kind of, I don't want to put myself out there as completely 100%, you know, positive, but I would be 85% positive that all the kill sequences in this were practical as well. There was no CGI, which, um, if it was CGI, it was incredible CGI. But, yeah, uh, yeah I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, those sort of things make me giddy. So, yeah, I, I thought that was, so we, we, we do get that kill at the start, but it's a pretty fucking awesome kill. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it got me primed for this episode for sure. Yeah. Because any time that you just rip someone apart uh in the in the cold open of a television show, then, you know, my 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 grizzly little ears perk up. <laughs> rip, rip someone apart and then walk out with their arms. <laughs> it just like yeah. takes just takes arms down to the 
the the the I'd like, we will have different terminologies here. I would call it a bin motor. Um, you probably call it what a trash vehicle, garbage vehicle, garbage van. We call it a garbage truck because it's a truck that holds garbage. Yeah, uh, well, we we it's a bin bin lorry to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a bin lorry. <laughs> a, a bin lorry sounds like at best an elevator <laughs> full of trash cans. <laughs> Like, you know, like the word, the word gar- garbage, you know, is a very American thing. It sounds Trash. like what it is. It's garbage. It's rubbish. it's rubbish over here. That's what we call it, rubbish. So, and it's not the rubbish van. It's the bin lorry. Because they, they come around and they pick up your bins. Bin lorry. Yeah, we just, we, we don't sugarcoat it like that. <laughs> on this side of the pond, you try you try make it you try make it sound fancy. This yes. is a garbage van, right? This isn't the car hold; it's the garage. <laughs> it's no. This is yes. At, at the initial portion of the activity is picking up picking up your bin, yes, and elevating it. <laughs> but that's not the purpose. I mean, that's not really what is going on at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's a big-ass truck filled with garbage. <laughs> and it's going to take it somewhere where it dumps garbage away from the rest of us. It's a Ben Lorry. A Ben Lorry. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, the, <laughs> it's the stunt double for Ben Laden. <laughs> Dude, that, that was the name of one of his, like, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, Hussein-esque doubles. <laughs> yeah, it was Bin Laden, Bin Lorry, Bin Larry. Um, Bin Larry is the funny one. Yeah, he was the funny one. Um, he hung out with Curly and Mo. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what, what you hear there are just the the a, a thousand people just hitting stop on the podcast. That's that just was my like, aim. Nope. That was that was my aim. I, I want to be able to sit at work and hear collectively the noise of it echo right across the globe and hit my hit my office. And if someone in my office happens to just press stop on whatever device they're listening to, I'm going to claim that they were listening to our podcast, even if they weren't. Yeah, so. in in a, in America, it happened earlier. As soon as the phrase "Ben Lorry" made an, <laughs> an appearance, I stand by that. I uh, well, I'm sure you do, but. <laughs> It's called a bin lorry. Like UK <laughs> listeners out there, I, I know we have UK listeners. Defend me. <laughs> I'm not attacking you personally. I'm saying that bin lorry is a very British kind of expression. Yes, it, it is. It is a very like we're not going to acknowledge <laughs> what is actually in the these trucks, or <laughs> we are going to yes, yeah, so, you know, it comes by and gets the bins. Yes, what's in the bins and what's in the vehicle at that point. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> massive aside, aside, Bo. Yes, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I love the fact that he takes the the two arms down to the bin lorry, and um, he just kind of sits in the back, and it yeah, he just high keepers into the bin lorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I don't know. Sometimes I, it's hit or miss. Sometimes I get like sometimes I'll say words and you're like. Fortnite, it's the greatest word ever. I'm going to use it all the time. And yeah. Then I'll, I'll say it, words like Ben Laurie and they go nowhere. Oh, it goes somewhere, but <laughs> it's straight in the trash bin. 
<laughs> for the garbage van. Um, <laughs> it's garbage truck. That is, like that's what I like about it. It's a harsh, you know, you've got a hard G and you end on a CK garbage truck. It is it sounds filthy and that's what it is. And that's why I like having sex in there. <laughs> yeah, but you guess at the back of this thing it compacts them and that's that's the start of our episode. So kind of classic X-Files opening, really. We, we mentioned this in episode two, classic X-Files opening. What you get is you get something bad happens to someone, that person usually dies as some weird kind of creature or mystical force or monster or whatever. Um, as it leaves, cue the X-Files theme song. Yes, and that's exactly what we get. Although we do get the Fox Presents that disappears as... The yes. trash van. I mean, can we meet in the middle? Uh, <laughs> wipes away the, the words Fox presents. But um, yeah, all right. So uh, Mulder and Scully get involved because it is, in you know, technically the murder of a federal employee, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the fact that they're being called in because it's a bit of an odd crime scene um, yeah. in, in that there's no evidence. Uh, there are foot. There are there are gooey, maggoty little pools on the floor, but there are no footprints, uh, by which I mean, you know, actual prints of toes and whatnot. It's as if uh the uh the perpetrator had his his uh footprints or toe prints burned off. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that's weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Mulder also notices uh, that the um, surveillance camera has been tilted upward, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, there's a, a, a painting, uh, a sh- some street art. I don't know what do you call street art in uh, the UK, Duncan? Graffiti. It's a fine line, um, but he sees some street art uh, across the way. Uh, in the midst of all this. Uh, Scully gets a phone call um, from her brother uh, who informs her that uh, their mother has had a a heart attack Mm -hmm. and is uh, in the hospital and and may not be long for the (laughs) fictional world of the X-Files. We've, you know, in in the X-Files continuing uh, tradition of just beating the shit out of uh, Agent Scully, we've seen her (laughs) father die. So why not her mother? I, I, I would argue that maybe Fox Mulder's been beaten up a bit. Well, no. Scully's sister was killed by Krychek. Yep. Krychek killed her sister. And her dad died of natural causes, though. Natural causes, but then um, she is tortured. <laughs> She's tortured by, uh, what's his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, oh, God, uh, I can't Brad, believe Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif <laughs> yeah, as a talk- serial killer with maybe psychic powers. Yeah, that's right. For an entire episode. Yeah, but then Mulder, Mulder's dad dies earlier on, and then he finds out that his real dad might be the smoking man. And his sister was kidnapped by aliens, potentially. And then then comes back, but oh no, it's not really her, it's a clone. Yeah, so I mean, right, right. I don't want to play a game of top trumps as to who's had to, <laughs> who's been who's been dealt the worst hand here. But yeah, Gillian, and- yeah. Now, now that we've talked about, it, yeah, uh, uh, Gillian Anderson was abducted by aliens and got rid of her child and almost died. Right, yeah, right. Fine, you win, Bo. Are you happy? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, 
Now, if I can get you a garbage truck, this is really going to be a, a clean sweep for me. No pun intended. Um, so, uh, Scully fucks off to go to the hospital. <laughs> and leaving Mulder with this case in his hands. She just fucks off. I love that. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Mulder tells her to go. Right, but she should have said, as a federal employee, no, no, we have a case here. Instead, <laughs> she fucks off to the hospital. This is true. This is true. So, uh, but, so, I don't really mean that. I, I Like, if I had a parent <laughs> in the hospital, I would, look, if I had a parent with a bad cold, I would call out of work. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so, so Mulder goes in search of some information about the, uh, the street art, uh, or graffiti. That he's seeing, yeah. and uh, and meets a, a character who uh, is this the first time we hear uh, Band Aid Nose Man? Yeah, which I thought I like, I kind of laughed at that because I thought that is the worst name for a monster ever. It is really like, yes, you yeah, are correct. Yeah, yeah I was kind of thinking of like in the eighties, you got like the the, the preposterous names for kind of exploitation horror movies you know really it really did start to get out of hand and in recent memory we've had movies like hobo with a shotgun even that is better than band-aid nose man yeah but, yeah it's pretty it's pretty pretty bad but i would just say this 100 percent accurate you're right it is descriptive way better than bin Laurie, but <laughs> even in imdb uh he is listed as trash man which is all you need and he signs the the uh, you know the painting of yeah. himself as trash man which as trash man that's what you need um I, yeah the the guy that was calling about though was, was like a a homeless man who looked like he'd maybe potentially uh, coming off something <laughs> well you know okay i take that back because trash man was actually the name of the artist so that's yeah. true yeah, and well, Band-Aid Noseman, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we'll, tell, well, when we get to the end and the spoiler, they are technically one and the same, really. Yes, kind of. Kind of, and yeah. in a roundabout way they are, so yeah. 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 Well, and this, uh, all right, so we are then introduced uh, in one of the, the weirdly awkward scenes of this show where <laughs> we have a um, Nancy Huff, who mm-hmm. is on the school board, I think, is arguing with um, another dude. I think that's Daryl Landry. Daryl Landry, yeah. Um, who is uh, in charge of some development where they want to basically gentrify this area where a bunch of homeless people live. And the dude who was murdered was actually in in uh, in in the talks to actually do that very thing and shuttle all these mm-hmm. homeless people um, to an abandoned hospital. Where they can live, you know, I, I guess, it, basically it's official squatting uh, that they're being expected to do. Um, but that's not actually the craziest thing about this episode, because that actually does kind of happen in the U.S., uh, sadly. Um, oh. Yeah, like, this this very town, Duncan, was a town that took government money to accept busloads of homeless people as part of a government program. It's true. So, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> we treat our homeless people like dirt. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not going to go. I'm, yeah. 
as bins. Um, and uh, I'm not, not, not going to say that the UK is much better because it really isn't. Um, but yeah, there you go. I did not. I, I don't think anything like that would happen in the UK, though. I don't think one city would pay another city to take their homeless. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes they don't even pay them. Sometimes they just slap them all on a bus and, and just, just like, like you're going to Phoenix. <laughs> um, so, but but the awkward scene to me is like I don't think the writing and or acting in the scene where Mulder comes across these two arguing is necessarily great. Although- I don't I don't think that that at the acting. Uh, and script in this episode is all that great, if I'm being honest. I think there's a couple of standout sequences for sure, but uh, I genuinely thought the majority of this was was pretty average. You know, like, even even by, like, kind of trashy X-Files standards, there was a, a like, their interaction just, I I don't, I, I never understood the point of their interaction. Um, in this, this episode, other than to kind of introduce another character for whatever his name was, Trash Man or Band Aid Nose Man. Yeah, Band Aid Nose Man to kill off later on. Like, that's really what Nancy's character's there for. Because, like, she's some sort of, she is portrayed as some sort of activist, really, but then we find that she's not really, she just doesn't want them where she is. Well, yeah, she, right, she's, she pretends to be advocating for the homeless, but yeah, like you said, she, she doesn't want the people relocated to this hospital because it's near a school. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she, and and when we get to the moral of the story at the end, um, you kind of see why she's essentially, she becomes a target moving down, but their interaction wasn't, wasn't very well written and it just didn't, yeah, awkward is probably the best word to describe it. I kind of watched it going, I'm not quite sure. And then Mulder is some sort of weird, sort of moral compass saying well I can kind of see where you're going from but you've got your own self interest at heart and I kind of see what you're saying but you've got and I was like that ah, we get it Mulder <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah. we're on to this we're with you here you don't, yeah. don't, need, to, don't need to verbalise this we're, we're quite a smart audience we've decided to watch the X-Files so yeah I, there's a couple of, and we'll come the further we go on there, there are a couple of sequences where I just kind of thought to myself I don't know why this scene is here um, and if you really want to keep the scene here, I don't know why I've written it this way. Yeah. I, the only thing I really like about this interaction is when she calls the guy a douchebag and Mulder says, like, oh, were you married? And yeah. she's like, no, I wouldn't be married to this guy. He's like, oh, well, you know, douchebag, I kind of yep. assumed. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, all right. There are times when I can't hear the X-Files because of the high horse it's on. <laughs> <laughs> And this is one of those episodes where it, 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 it gets a little bit up its own ass with it, its, um, you know, social criticism. Uh, yeah, it, it has, this one is one of those, and it, once again, if we're, if we're looking at the, the arc of, uh, a season of the X-Files, there is always about one or two episodes in there that have a very preachy moral compass, right? And this is one of those episodes. So, I mean, it's, it, it really is like kind of paint-by-number season here. We just have less episodes to do it. So generally, these episodes would stand out as being either highlights or poor points because of the fact that they fall within maybe episode 15 of the season. So you've already watched quite a sizable amount of kind of standard X-Files cases and then you get these episodes. So when this one kind of lands, 
I, I episode four coming off the the fantastically written for a start and amazingly acted episode three these sort of things kind of stand out as kind of awkward blemishes um and the the i got like within as soon as as soon as you see homeless people being hosed <laughs> by you know water pressured cannons and um the the creature that is coming to exact revenge comes out of a garbage van Garbage mm-hmm. van, garbage truck, garbage, garbage truck. truck. Yes, uh, comes out the garbage truck, and um, you know has maggots dripping off him and all the rest. Kind of looks a bit scummy, and then ends up going back in there. R- right from the opening sequence, I know the point of this show. You know, I know the point. I know where we're going with this one. Don't treat people like trash. I, I get that. That message is plain and clear. Then the story, the whole episode. Takes whoa, 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 Billy Bud. Hold on. Let me let me unpack all your symbolism here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then this whole episode then takes about forty minutes to meander around that point before giving us it at the end. Um, and like I say, TV audiences now, I'd like to think, are a bit a bit more clued up and this kind of felt a bit dumb even by X-Files standards that's not to say that there wasn't a ton of really cool things that happened like like I said before the kills fucking great actually really liked the interactions between um, Scully and and Mulder at the hospital I thought that was yeah. really emotional yeah. and really impactful and we needed that because once again you're given this this carrot is dangled in episode 1 and 2 about their child and all the rest and then it disappears for a whole episode so it's nice to see them bring it back so yeah there were really cool points in this this episode the rest of the episode just felt like they were just trying to fill it with something um, so we, we have this really awkward interaction between these two and then we cut away to this is where we see the graffiti artists, don't we? <laughs> this is fucking yeah. brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, because the the uh, the panel that the uh, the painting of Band-Aid Nose Man, um, that uh, that Mulder saw from the window is now missing. It turns out it was taken by uh, a couple of dudes who um, work in an abandoned building, apparently. Mm-hmm. Even though they're talking about contacting Sotheby's. <laughs> Which I was like, shouldn't you be in a nicer place? But, um, but yeah, so they're, they're, and somebody even has the line, like, boy, we can sure make some money off these homeless people or something yeah. to oh. that effect where you're just like, look, I, you don't have to be so on the nosy here. Like, I get it. You don't have to have one of these characters twirling a mustache and being like, really hey, hey, these homeless, oh, right, we're really sticking it to them. All, all we needed was a silent scene with some ragtime piano in the background and then a storyboard clip that comes up with the words, boy, we can sure make some money off these homeless people. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit, it's a, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It, Let's yeah, be it's a, it is just, in the, the whole episode, or the whole Band-Aid Nose Man portion of the episode, I think is filled with, with dialogue that is just way too... Way too to the point, um, yeah. you know, to, as, as you said, but then we get, um, or, so from here, uh, oh, and Band-Aid Nose Man, uh, comes out of the, the painting, uh, that yeah. they have stolen and, uh, one dude is killed and then, um, the other dude, 
uh, goes looking for him and runs into, uh, and this is where we get the spine one, right? Yeah. Well, this is, this is to me, this is like straight from a horror movie. That's got all the classic tropes of a horror movie. One character goes off to find something. His friend can't find him. He goes to find him, finds that person dead and then is himself. And the, 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 uh, what I loved about that is that the, his friend that he finds who has been killed has basically been asphyxiated with a a bin bag or a trash bag yes. or a garbage bag, um, which irony, I, Duncan. Yeah, quite like the personal touch there. Um, and then he he runs uh, kind of at first. He's the thing about a uh, band aid nose man um, is he can appear anywhere. It's, it's not like he is very much like a slasher killer. Actually, when you think about it, um, in fact, the more I think about it, the more I actually just plays right into the drops of kind of slasher movies um, but he, he, run, he kind of runs away from him but then runs into him and yeah he is he is dispatched in one of the most satisfying ways in any X-Files episode in history um, he is pulled apart uh, but this time the arm is in one hand and we see a back shot where we see his head and his spinal column and like I said earlier on very difficult not to think of Predator uh, when you see that you just yeah. can't expect him to lift up and release some sort of bestial scream Um but yeah, I, I, it was it was bitching, it was bitching, and that's what he gets. <laughs> yeah. for homeless episode. predator is the best. Yeah, homeless. That's who he is. He is homeless predator. My God, homeless, <laughs> homeless predator. Oh my God, you are one ugly motherfucker. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he like we get this like amazing kill, and I like to think it's because. He, he specifically ripped his head off with the, the spinal column in there because of his really shitty dialogue. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what you get. I, apparently, uh, Glenn Morgan, who is one of the executive producers and also the writer of this episode, um, unknowingly created a creature that is destroying everyone who who uses bad dialogue <laughs> and and does not speak himself, which is perfect. Um, <laughs> So uh, let's uh, all right. So let's. You know that you, the thing is though, like this does not surprise me one bit, right? About our, our good buddy Glenn Morgan, because if you if you click the button and you see what he has directed, he uh, this is his first X Files episode he's ever directed, but he's the guy behind the Black Christmas remake. <laughs> oh, I did not realize that. that okay. Was him. Fuck this guy, right? That movie sucks. Um, and he also did the remake of Willard. I don't hate the remake of Willard. It's not bad, but it's benefited by the fact it's got Crispin Glover in it and he's right. creepy. Yes, yeah. Crispin Glover, I will almost watch anything in except for Simon Says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is his directorial debut of an X-Files episode, even though he's been heavily involved with the show since its start. Yeah, so it's... As we've said, bit too on the nosy, but does, um, which I can't not say because of uh, Young Frankenstein, but uh, <laughs> uh, we we then go to the hospital. Yes. And where some of the best stuff in this episode, I think, happens. Agreed. Agreed 100%. So um, where uh, Dana Scully is there with her mother, who is basically comatose, and... Um, she goes through and is also, in, more importantly, asking uh, her last kind of coherent moment is her asking for their brother, Charlie, 
mm-hmm. who um, basically hasn't had anything to do with her mother uh, for for several years, is sort of the you know black sheep of the family uh, sort of situation. And uh, Scully, while going through her mother's personal effects, finds um, a necklace that has uh, a quarter attached to it. And she doesn't understand the significance of that or, you know, as she herself says later in the episode, um, it doesn't, it, it, the date isn't any of our birthdays or the death of their father or the sister or anything like that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's this weird little mystery. And, uh, her brother, uh, William Jr. is on the way from, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. And so she's kind of left to deal with the, you know, this very painful moment of, of seeing a parent in that position, you know, sort of made, uh, put, putting the, the child in the role of caregiver, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, um, as, as you're in the hospital and you're seeing someone that you love that, you know, is, is the person who raised you, um, just lying there in a bed with, with no ability to, to react or talk or anything. And meanwhile, there is a body being removed from uh, the room next yeah. to hers. And again, one of the great moments in this episode, because it doesn't pay off until later. <laughs> By the way, kids, if you're writing something, a good <laughs> thing to do is set up something and then pay it off like, you know, 30 minutes later. It, it yeah. actually makes the narrative interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, she sees this body being removed and she doesn't immediately react to it, but you can see that it's troubling her to see something like this um at this moment with her mother and uh and then Mulder shows up mm-hmm. because Mulder's a good dude. He is a good dude. And uh, just to say as well, it was really cool seeing Sheila Larkin return um yeah. as as Margaret Scully that kind of attention to detail for me, is an important thing. I hate TV shows that come back after a couple of years or, you know, they've, in between seasons, they just decide, oh, so-and-so no longer wants to play this character. We'll cast them with someone who completely doesn't look like the character. Um, you know, the fact that she's in, she has literally two lines of dialogue in the episode and her character will never be back. It means quite a lot to me, the fact that, and I don't know, maybe maybe business was slow for her and this was the best offer she got, I don't know. The fact she did come back to do it, for fans, from a fan's point of view, that's, that's, that's cool to see. That's really cool to see, so yeah. But Mulder shows up, goofy Mulder, his crazy haircut. <laughs> yeah, jowl, old old Jowls uh, shows up. <laughs> old Jowls. Um, old Jowly Mulder. And... You know, and, and is basically the person you want in that scenario. He, mm. you know, he comforts her and he listens to her. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, at this point, we start to talk about the other William, which is their son, and mm-hmm. the fact that he he's been put up for a, a, a adoption. And Scully is beginning to rethink some of these decisions, um, mostly due to the fact that you know her mother keeps asking for Charlie and. Uh, and again, this is something that pays off well at the end of the episode. It's almost Agreed. like a different writer was working on the hospital scenes. <laughs> and so then, um, uh, the, the mother comes to and she sees, uh, th- well, the, all right. So Dana finally gets her brother, Charlie on the phone and through the, the magic of, uh, the speakerphone, Mm-hmm. Um, 
Dana's mother hears Charlie speaking and she she comes to she wakes up and sees Mulder uh, hulking over her and perhaps out of sheer terror that he might eat her no 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 that's terrible um, <laughs> that she says I have a son named William too mm-hmm. and then she fucking dies yes she dies like right like one of those like <laughs> like straight away deaths not as in like uh you know like wakes up says something dies um and obviously scully is emotionally heartbroken and what i also liked about the, the, the that kind of build up as well as we get flashbacks to when scully herself was dying and Mulder sat at the bedside comforting her, and and we look at this now with Mulder kind of once again being that kind of the 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 rock for 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 Scully during her times of need. I, I like those kind of those bits where it jumps backwards and forwards because it, it does. It feels like you know they're just making sure out there for those that have watched them all. We do remember we have made nine seasons of this show. Um, here, look, see. We're continuing certain aspects of the show onwards, and I like that. Once again, small attention to detail, but I think it works. And um, poor Margaret passes away, and Scully is fairly distraught, um, especially when they bring the bed in because she's a, a an organ donor. Um, and I did not know this that when you die and you're an organ donor, they ferry you away pretty quickly to harvest you, uh, yeah. which makes complete sense when you think about it. Um, but it's nothing that I've ever given any thought to before. And yeah, if I was a loved one there and then I realised that one, <laughs> my mother was going to get wheeled away and then butchered, I probably would react pretty much the same way that Scully reacts. In fairness, um, what what's quite interesting as well is she is like. Like Gillian Anderson's phenomenal in this episode. I think she like the I've said before, I think as an actress in the last ten years she is putting out some of her our most interesting stuff. Once again, if you haven't watched The Fall, watch The Fall. Fucking amazing TV show. Um and she is the reason it's an amazing TV show. But you know, she really does kind of run through these huge kind of arcs of emotion and I think it is a it's a joy to watch, even though the subject matter's like fairly grim. Um, it's great to see her have that ability to do that sort of emotional style of acting on a TV show on an episode which features a band-aid nose man. Um, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's the weird dichotomy of this episode is that there is some genuinely good emotional work being done by the actors. Yeah. And then there's band-aid nose man. And pulling, <laughs> like homeless predator pulling people's spines out. <laughs> homeless predator's the best thing ever. Oh my god, homeless predator! That needs to be a. Why is why is Charles Band or like Larry, uh, not Larry Cohen, uh, Lloyd Kaufman not made a film called <laughs> homeless, homeless Predator? Homeless Predator's an amazing. The, oh, it's an asylum a, movie. You're a, you're a writer. Get that written. That's some, that sounds like some easy money for you, sir. All right, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, there you um, go. The Homeless Predator coming soon to an iPhone near you. Um, <laughs> so so uh, the other thing I really like in these hospital scenes is there. there's a great moment that Jillian Anderson has where she talks about all these things that are surprising about her mother, like her mother had changed her, uh, her wishes 
her legal um uh huh, what is it called the uh, uh, uh did not resuscitate the yeah the dnr so that she would not be put on life support and this was a surprise to uh scully also the quarter and why does she want to talk to charlie and not you know me or my brother or whatever um and she has this great line where she says, I don't want to ask her the big questions. I just want to ask her a bunch of little ones. Mm-hmm. And it's this really nice moment where you can see the pain on her face. Like she understands that the, these little, little things she wants to know are about to die with her mother. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very nice. But as soon as her mother dies, she immediately says, I got to get back to work. She's in a bit of a state. Mm-hmm. One might say. Yes. And uh, so she fucks out of the hospital to go uh, back to work because in this episode, she doesn't do anything calmly, which is, is kind of great. And and Mulder is like, I don't think so. And she's like, I'll give you a donut. And he's like, OK, fine. So <laughs> I'm in. he's like, my rock hard pick say no, but my gel say <laughs> my gel say po- powder, please. Um <laughs> So he go they, they they find out that the the uh the street art aka graffiti being done by the artist trash man mm-hmm. um is and this is kind of dopey too but it's this super special um paint spray paint that is only sold at one place in the city yeah and it's kind of a dumb way to track him down but that's what happens they uh, they end up finding uh, the place that sells the the super special spray paint, and they they track uh, a kid who bought who buys it, um, and Scully is too lost in thought about uh, their uh, adopted or the, the son they gave up for adoption to pay attention to the fact that Mulder is now following a kid and he has to give her a little wolf whistle, and yeah. so she which. Kind of doesn't matter, other than you can see on her face the fact that she's like, oh, son of a bitch, Scully, you need to be paying attention. Yeah. And so we track the kid with the spray paint down to this like abandoned building, because everything in this part of town is abandoned, apparently. And um, he leads them to uh, a staircase that descends into darkness and, and says, hey, the trash man's down there. Yes. And so we we go wandering through the these halls, and all of a sudden, uh, crazy, uh, weird-looking clay people are bouncing off the walls mm-hmm. and freaking everybody out. Mm-hmm. And then we finally see Trash Man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what we left out? All right. Before we get to the end of this, let's talk for a second <laughs> about the death of uh, the city council lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't actually see her death, though. No, but we get a solid two minutes of her throwing away yogurt containers and a curry yeah. coffee thing. And it's just like, God damn it, Glenn Morgan, I understand what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she, she throws, but the, you're, it's not even that she's throw, she's throwing away things that could be used. Like, she throws away a lot of coffee, kind of coffee capsules or coffee pots, which are unused. You know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they've not been... So she's throwing away perfectly good things. There may be, I don't know, a date issue with them. Maybe they're past their sell-by date or whatever. But she throws away... She's throwing away junk, yes, but she's also throwing away things that other people could use. 
Um, which once again is a bit on the nose. <laughs> like, like, really, like, she's in her fancy, like, fancy schmancy house that she's got. Yeah. With, you know, like, I love how public officials in X Files always live in fucking huge houses. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, the city council is basically like winning the lottery. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, think that's really how it works. I think I don't think that's. I I worked for I worked for local government uh, in my country for many many years, and the pay is not great. And if I thought for one second the pay was that good in America, I would have emigrated. So I'm just you should that you should immigrate anyway because that we call things by their their proper names. <laughs> I think you you would enjoy our directness I, I in think, language. I think, I think within six months I'd be in a padded room with people saying he's just speaking up a made up language. Listen to him. You would actually you would you would be in jail for murder. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, but they'd be like this. They'd put they'd be but it'll be lifting it because they, they wouldn't be able to communicate with me with certain things. They'd be like lifting a fork and going, "Here's your flimby flamby." Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> or just the natural like Scottish temperament. Yeah, I you would know. probably kill them all. I sent you that. I sent you that video, didn't I? Okay. Oh, you made an enemy for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which ballot? He's like, he's like, yeah, like Scots and English, or Scots and Welsh, or Scots and Japanese, or Scots with other Scots. The problem, <laughs> is, 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 the problem with Scotland is it was ruined by the Scots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy, you're so fucking brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I like the fact that just as a nation, you you have uh, a reputation for just having a generally poor temperament. We, well, we we have like, but that there's a dichotomy of Scotland. We we are generally known as, in Europe especially, as one of the friendliest nations. Like when when our sports are happening, um, the people that go from Scotland to the games all over Europe or whatever are generally like the the best received because we have a reputation of of knowing how to have a party and um, we have a kind of par- party environment the the biggest i've said before the biggest entertainment festival in the world comes to scotland a couple of the biggest film festivals in europe come to scotland and then when you look at like the biggest um new year's eve or hogmanay as we call it party uh, in the world is in edinburgh it's in scotland so we, we have that but yes we also have this horrible reputation of being Bad tempered, ill tempered, and I don't know where it comes from, Bone. If you speak to me like that again, I will fucking gut you like a fish. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, the other thing, and she, you know, she's putting all this stuff in her trash compactor. Did and- your eyes roll when you saw? Did you did you do a, a Robert Downey Jr. meme eye roll thing? As <laughs> soon as I saw the trash compactor, it's like, oh well, that's where she's going. <laughs> And as if uh, Nostradamus like Duncan, <laughs> I was proven correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, it was a bit. Once again, kind of follows the. It really, when I think about it now, uh, this this episode out with all the emotional stuff that's in here really is paint by numbers slasher horror. Like seeing a, yeah, any good sure. slasher movie, if you see if you see a wood chipper, someone's going in the wood chipper. Um, you know that sort of idea, and it pretty much does that. 
Yeah, all right, well, except for that Friday the 13th remake. God damn yeah, <laughs> well, it's not, that's, a, that's a thread that does not need to be pulled, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, as soon as you saw it, you knew, very much like myself, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I know what's happening here, and guess what? It happens, but we don't get to see it happen. Um, that which, would be a bit much, even for this episode of the, the X-Files, which, as we've said, is pretty gruesome. Yeah. Seeing someone crammed into a trash compactor. <laughs> like, that's, we're talking Day of the Dead level gore at that point. Oh, it's uh, just like that scene in Fargo. <laughs> oh, Fargo, you treat me so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, just that, that leg bouncing around in the wood chipper yeah. is one of the great if, things in cinema. If the camera panned outside to, like, I don't know, the, 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 the Carpenter's truck pulling up and then panned in as just as it was coming in, we saw her leg <laughs> jammed in and a tsunami of blood coming up through the sink. Yeah, I, I would probably, I would probably shit my pants um, with joy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just, that's you know, how I express it. <laughs> just, well, this is the most amazing thing ever, so much so I've lost my bill control. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah. And, but it does redeem itself. It does redeem itself, I think. In yes. The, and the, the way the final kill plays out. So yeah. So we. All right. So in the as as Mulder and Scully are tracking the trash man down, and they go through this like you know maze of horrors, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably overstating a little bit, but you know it's basically a dark hallway, and and some weird people show up, and then they find the the trash man, the artist. And there is a clay sculpture of Band-Aid Nose Man, a.k.a. <laughs> Homeless Predator. Homeless <laughs> Predator, that means. And while that's going on, um, the, our, the the real villain of the episode has uh, gotten all the homeless people rounded up on a bus. And just to prove that he's really the villain of the episode. <laughs> because we weren't sure yet, even though he was... <laughs> Bussing homeless people into an abandoned hospital as if that weren't bad enough. Someone says, What about my dog? Oh, yeah, this is. <laughs> and Ebenezer Scrooge, aka the villain of this episode of The X Files, says, We've taken all the dogs to this shelter. You can find them there. So yeah. he not only has no regard for homeless people, he likes killing animals too. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that was that was the bit that was the bit they wrote in for me. They were like that. We're we're fairly sure Duncan's still on the fence about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's crack a joke about killing dogs and see how that amuses him. Uh, yeah, and I, I was like, yeah. I hope something really, really, really bad happens to this guy, um, and it does. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good, you know. Uh, good for him, um, <laughs> but. It is just the worst. Uh, oh, you know, he's like, walking it, along the corridor telling them all to get into your rooms, get into your rooms. Right, like once he's got them in this hospital, it's not like there's, in my impression at least, is that this is not like a government-run facility or anything. This is just a building. Yeah. That I, I, he's just like, you You live here now. And the homeless people are like, well, I guess we do for a while anyway. Yeah. Until we go back like- to the park. I was just kind of thinking about all the TripAdvisor reviews that would be left after it. No, <laughs> the room was spacious. Guy that drove us here was a dick. Two stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spacious rooms, plenty of beds. He killed my dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dog, dog murderer at, at the wheel. Not <laughs> not who you want. Um, yeah, so then he, he thinks he sees someone... 
<laughs> God, it it is laughable how villainous this guy is. He sees yeah. someone that isn't in their room, so he goes chasing after him to make sure that we've got every last homeless person rounded up in the rooms. Yeah. Um, assuming, assumedly to be gassed. Yeah, I was about to say there, 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 solution. Are, uh, yeah, there are parallels here between him and Hitler, surely. <laughs> and it turns out that the the um, the homeless person he thought he saw was in fact Band-Aid Nose Man, who has come to seek revenge on behalf of the homeless. And and so then we cut back to uh, Mulder and Scully and Trashman, the artist, and we get the actual reveal of what the villain is. And Trashman is a potentially mentally disturbed artist, mm-hmm. and and he he pours so much of himself and his emotion into his art that it literally comes to life. Yeah. And so Band-Aid Nose Man is a sort of an extension of his will. Yeah. Um, a, a creation of his to uh, Batman-like defend the, the weak and innocent. I love uh, the fact that he tries to play it off as uh, it was a, 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 not a Tolkien, uh, but something like that. Whatever he used, whatever terminology he used. Yeah. And, and Mulder straight away calls bullshit on it. Mulder's like, well, actually, that, you know, because like, every now, that, that's the one thing I think out with the first episode here. Um, of this new run, we've missed that Mulder just being able to... We know that Scully knows everything about the science, but all that kind of... All that stuff to do with um, sacrificial rights or, um, you know, belief systems of different cultures, that's the wheelhouse of Mulder. And Mulder just, like, kind of... <laughs> like he just straight up schools them, really. So, well, you know, actually they're this, and they can never really, really create for this purpose. And if they did create them for this purpose, this wouldn't happen because they're tied to these sort of things. So he kind of goes through all that. And I'm like, yeah, that, you tell him, Mulder. Um, yeah, but turns, don't take any of that trash <laughs> off trash man. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> but it turns out this guy's right though. That is kind of what's happened. He put so much into it that. It has actually manifested a homeless predator, which you, you don't, I don't know about you, but I try my hardest to make sure that I don't manifest a homeless predator, um, because you can't control them once they're out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I put most of my energy into, uh, trying to scan people. <laughs> uh, and so far I've gotten one bulging vein and that's it. So I don't, I'm not a natural, you know, I'm never going to yeah. do it for a living. But we get during this conversation, we get this. Well, once again, we get this. This uh, we get the the kind of juxtaposition of the on the nose nature of this episode, which is you know people are being treated like trash, hence trash man. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, this is how society now deals with homeless people. Is basically they're. It's not even that they're unwanted; they're just disregarded. You know, they're and discarded at the same time. And um, then we get the the thing from Scully where she basically says, "Well, no." He at first tries to not accept responsibility for it, and she's like, "No, we're actually all responsible for our own actions." Believe it or not, Mister Graffiti Man, um, you are responsible. If you knew that you were doing this and it was creating a creature, you should have stopped doing it. Yeah, before someone died. So you have to accept responsibility for that. Um, which we get that kind of. A slightly more serious tone with a slightly more 
kind of goofy message kind of wedged together in that Scully's coming to some of her own self uh, kind of realised points about how she and it, once again at the very end of the episode it focuses far more on it but this idea of her having to accept responsibility for the fact that she put uh, their child up for adoption she has to live with that that's her it's her cross to bear so to speak and she kind of kind of then starts to, to fully understand that aspect and like I say we juxtapose that with uh, the trash man's nonsense um, which is everyone's treated like trash so the trash will come up and yeah, you know, in, in case you missed it by the way there are landfills and toxins in the yeah. air and water and yeah, blah blah the, blah yeah, the the coffee cups that you take, you know, you buy from your Starbucks end up in this place and then they filter down at this. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's an eco message in here. There's a homeless message, there's a societal message. There's a def, a definite a definite soapbox uh, making a, a a very special guest appearance in this episode. <laughs> right. It's an uncredited fifth character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Soapbox, yeah. uh, which is which has made an appearance. It's good to see him. He's not been in an episode for a wee while, but it's always good to have him back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've got that that whole thing happening as well. I, I, it does. It, this bit to me felt a bit clumsy and a bit rushed because it compacts all the ideas from all the things you've already understood because you watched the fucking episode um, into this dialogue kind of dialogue driven five minute sequence where we really want to see what's going to happen to Scroogey McScroogerson um, right. aka the, 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 the Hitler of the terror block and um, we eventually they, they rush out oh we need to we know who the next victim's going to be to, to the cars and they rush out and they drive to the abandoned hospital and um, they hear a scream right? Uh, and they run along and there's only one exit and that's the exit that it, well, it's the door that they all run in. And um, yeah, our buddy's been eviscerated pretty badly. <laughs> yep, but homeless predator nowhere to be seen. He's gone. Yep, he's gone. He's like because he's a he's a predator. He has that camouflage thing <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. makes him invisible. So he's using his height, he's he's kind of night vision and he's uh, thermal cam uh, to watch them walk in, and then he sneaks out. Um, I'm I'm now having an image <laughs> of homeless predator on a train. <laughs> Just say like, look, I don't want to disturb you on your trip home. <laughs> My name is Homeless Predator. I've been a predator for several years. I'm just trying to get my life back together now. <laughs> if any of you could spare a little change, I will not uh I will not fire my trifocus laser beam at you. <laughs> nor will I remove your head. And spinal column from your body. So, again, why, why is why is homeless predator played by Nicholas Cage? That's oh, Nicholas Cage would be far different, sir. Oh, you homeless predator. That's a bit bad. <laughs> oh, dear. You're gonna give the, me some change, or I'm gonna freak out. It wouldn't be the bees; it'd be the flies, because he's homeless and he's he's been the trash. Right, the flies. Not the flies. Flies, flies in my eyes. Oh God, I want to watch that again now. You, ladies and gentlemen of our listening audience, if you have not seen the bee attack scene of the remake of The Wicker Man, starring Nicolas Cage, you are missing out on some of the most daring acting choices of this or any generation. 
Yeah, me and Bo want to find the the unused reels of just Nicolas Cage going crazy. <laughs> right, what... You know, actually, the Ghost Rider sequel is pretty good if you want to see just unhinged oh. Nicolas oh, yeah, Cage. Yeah, yeah. But, but you have to wonder what got left on the cutting room floor. Like, what was too much? Where they were like, we can't, in good conscience, put the, this particular take yeah. <laughs> into our very serious version of Lesbian Wicker Man. I've I've said I've said before like uh, to me the the director <laughs> the director thought he had Jim Carrey and when you've got Jim Carrey you can just say right Jim you need to go from the door to the other door and you can just ad lib anything as long as you make a comment about the candlestick in the corner and Jim Carrey will do, like seventy five amazing takes of some of the best comedy ever and then he probably do his take and they thought they had Jim Carrey and they didn't they had Nicolas Cage and all that right Nick you can't see the bees we're going to CGI them in there's going to be a lot of them you're allergic to bees they will kill you um, and yeah they're all over you uh, go take one <laughs> and then I'm fairly sure there's maybe 120 takes I mean that's a lot I, I would but... <laughs> watch all of those oh yeah I would watch on loop on loop, 120 takes of, of Nick Cage just going crazy at imaginary bees. I mean, that's just yeah, that to uh, me is the epitome of of cinema. Yeah, it's pure <laughs> <Your> cinema. <laughs> it, it, it's up there for sure. Um, so, um, getting back to really decent acting. Um, yes, and I love Nicolas Cage, but holy shit! Anyway. Um, <laughs> So homeless predator is gone. Uh, the, the, they get rid of them by putting it, uh, and I don't think it's the trash. Well, the trash man either does it, or I, I want to think the trash man does it. When we see the the kind of clay figurine of him, his face has been changed to a smiley face. Yes, but I can hope that the graffiti man did that and not. <laughs> not the homeless predator. I, no, I don't think homeless predator <laughs> changed it to a happy face. I think that was Trash Man yes. saying, "Like I'm trying to get rid of homeless predator by giving him a happy face," <laughs> which just makes it more terrifying when he comes to kill you, and you've got this big grinning face coming at you, like the big "Have a nice day" face. What's some good like that? And then people are running away. And he's like, "I don't know why I'm smiling. I'm here to kill you." <laughs> right? Why is everyone just giving me, you know, fresh cut daisies? <laughs> um, but then you see, uh, like a, another artistic image, a graffiti posting of a homeless predator on a, on a, the back of a billboard uh, to suggest that homeless predator still looks over um, the homeless people of this area. Very much like Spawn. <laughs> Too much yes. like Spawn, but yes, yes, Spawn. Right, so he's homeless. He's a cross between he's a cross between Predator and Spawn. Yeah, well, I guess Spawn is kind of homeless Predator. He really is that. Now yeah. that yeah, yeah, Spawn is homeless Predator. That is so he's Spawn minus the weird crown, uh, clown. Did. Yeah, see, this is why I probably shouldn't write homeless Predator because I would get sued by Todd McFarlane. <laughs> He'd be like, "That's Spawn." I'd be like, "No, this is homeless Predator." He was like, "What the fuck do you think Spawn is?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. Sorry, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> Your run yeah, on so- Spider-Man was good." Uh, <laughs> so they, they, we we end up with a final scene, which is Mulder and Scully sitting down. I think it's at the beach, um, 
and they're chatting and Scully this to me I, I really I really like this ending actually um, which is basically the summation of Scully's now realised kind of what was going on with her mum maybe not all the ins and outs but kind of understands it to a point where she fully accepts you know what she did in terms of adopting her child I love this idea of her saying that she doesn't want to think that she gave her weird child like it was garbage you know what I mean like it was rubbish you know in a manner so in a manner where everything is just disposable and including people um which is the the moral center of this episode um and I really liked that once again I thought her acting was her acting Duchovny's acting stellar in this episode um the kills excellent the creature that kills him, bit fucking goofy, but not the goofiest thing I've seen in X Files. Actually, uh, the the kind of maggoty, drippy look of him, I thought was cool. Yeah, I liked that as well. I thought I thought that was like a nice touch. Um, oh, what I think happened with this episode, and I, I'm going to uh, kind of postulate something here, is that I think Glenn Morgan was given because um, he, he you know he, he works obviously in conjunction with Chris Carr I think they said by episode 4 we need to cover the beats of this idea of the child and you know the, the adoption and all this because we're going to mention it some other episodes and I think the, the emotional weight of that is treated with the respect that it probably should in terms of the writing and I think that they then only have what a 20 minute episode or something at that point and then they they have to build an x-files around it and i think that less attention is put into that um and it's not it's by no stretch of the imagination once again that i could i can rattle off plenty of x-files episodes from the original runs of shows which are which make this feel like the godfather part two um you know what i mean like I, there's, there's tons of really bad ones it's just i think i may be uh, out, out with the criticisms of the writing i may be slightly more deflated because we've come off episode three which really was by all intents purposes i said it before probably one of the best x-files episodes since season five um it was you know it was it was an incredibly well-written witty uh self-referential masterpiece really it was was a romp yeah it, it was and it gave you everything you wanted and and more um, and then to come into this episode to, to try and tie out some of the loose ends and still be kind of goofy. I mean, the, the the good thing about this is that there is a bit of tongue-in-cheek humour that has been in all these episodes thus far um, of the new run. Uh, and I think it needs that. I think the show definitely needs that. It was kind of present in quite a lot of the other episodes, but it's more kind of prevalent in these ones. Um, I just felt at times some of the writing, which is not something I tend to overly focus on, even with things like X-Files, just felt really clunky. It, it really kind of felt like Tetris writing. Um, you know, where we're just going to slop this bit in here and it'll clear a line which will move us on to the next shot. And it just didn't fully work for me. Um, but when it was on point, it was great. You know, like I say, some of the emotional gravity in this episode was some of the best I've seen. I, and I, I thought some of the acting was great. I thought some of the characters were horrible one-dimensional characters, which have been taken away from any mediocre script ever written. Um, 
and I'd, I wasn't I wasn't fully sold on the creature, the monster of the week this time, but I did wholeheartedly approve of his killing methods, which I thought were were phenomenal. So yeah, kind of middle of the road for me. I still think it's I, I still think I preferred this one over episode one um, of this. Well, season. we'll we'll get to oh, our ranking. All right, I shall I shall shut my fucking mouth in. <laughs> Please do. Um, <laughs> one thing I will add. To, uh, our, our discussion of this, just a moment that I really enjoyed because we have been, um, I, I think the kids say dissing this episode a bit. Yeah. Um, but there's a great moment where when they're, when they're going to find the trash man, when they're on the stairs and the kid who's brought them there takes off and Scully is like, well, aren't you going to go after him? He's like, nah, it's, you know. <laughs> I, I don't really do stairs anymore. Yeah. And Scully says, well, Back in the day, I did that in three-inch heels. And Mulder's response is, back in the day? Scully, this is back in the day. Yeah. And the next shot is them opening the doors with their flashlights yeah. across to form an X. And I was like, you know what? That's on the nose, too, but I'm kind of down with that. Yeah, because that's, that's the sort of on-the-nose I like. You know I mean, that's the sort of on, on, on the nose I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Because it, it almost almost plays off the way they come in the doors as well. Almost plays off the opening credits where you see them busting the door, the two of them, and the same formation. So, yeah, that's, yeah, 100% tick like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those sort of things, this show can get away with doing that as well. Um, just because of the age of it now and the fact that we we're away for so long that you can, you can do that. Um other shows try to do that, and you feel like you can't do that. <laughs> right. right. You don't have the street cred that X-Files does, so when it wants to take a little bit of a victory lap of like, you know, by God, we're back. Yeah. You know, if you want to have those moments here and there, I'm fine with it. I real, In, in fact, I'm not just fine with it. I'm kind of on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, all right, all right, let's... Let's get to the ranking. I know I stopped you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I will stop you no longer. I will. I will be. No. What do you call a speed bump in the UK? Probably a acceleration impediment. <laughs> Fuck you, bo. Um, <laughs> and there, there, there are two, there are two terms for. It. I can give you the, the the slang one first, which is is, is a, I never use I never use the term. To me, it's a speed bump, but the. Is it like a sleeping policeman? I think is one of the nicknames for, not really in Scotland, more England way uh, they use that. But yeah, it's a speed bump. That's what okay. it is. Speed well, bump. That we can agree on. Used um, for traffic camming. Oh. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's let's <laughs> not get into like all the elements of your your law enforcement techniques. Yeah. I, I feel like we would be, uh, it's sort of like buying someone, uh, a copy of the anarchist cookbook. You don't want to give the, the wrong tools to the wrong people. Well, I, I loved, there was a video that got, um, released last week of American police officers over in Scotland to learn how the Scottish police force operate without guns um, and not shooting black people yeah <laughs> and, uh, we have a problem with that Duncan there was this great there was this great bit where they they do um there was a I think they either sat in or something it was maybe one of these exercises or something that was to do with a guy with a knife and the police officers disarmed the guy with the knife um just using 
they're, they're wiles and uh, it cuts to the American police officer and he's like that oh we would have shot him a while ago <laughs> he'd be dead sure <laughs> like, as soon as he brings out a knife to yeah we, we shoot him and the the, the Scottish police officer's going like that but it's just you know it's just a knife <laughs> you know what I mean it's, yeah just a knife you know you we have things that we can do to stop him using a knife that doesn't involve a bullet at the end of his life yeah you pull a sack of french fries on a cop and he is gunning you down (laughs) yeah i I just i I thought i thought that was quite amusing but i won't won't get all preaching and judging you asked about grades um to me uh three is still ruling ruling high <laughs> and uh, it's unlikely unless these last two episodes are the best two in the existence of man uh, it's unlikely to be knocked off its peg so I would probably go three four no I'd go three two four one as my order of favourite thus far what about yourself I, I agree that three is the best maybe the best that it will ever be mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I am actually gonna put Homeless predator below that, so I would go three, four, two, one. Right, right. Um, you know, I I think two is good. I think four I like because of the scenes in the hospital and the kills and the fact that it's so goofy. Like even the fact that it is so preachy and on the nose mm-hmm. makes me strangely nostalgic for the X-Files yeah. because it was just so steeped in that. Like every now and again, like you said, the, you know, our old friend, Mr. Soapbox would show up for an episode. Yeah. And- yeah. It, it, every now and again, he has to make an appearance. It's like the smoking man. He needs to be there every now and again to remind you that he is a, an integral cog in the X-Files machine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, it changed my mind about garbage. I was really pro, uh, pro garbage and also pro, um, abuse of homeless people until I saw this. So yeah. it turned me around on a couple of things. I so just, we'll, I just imagine in a week's time, your house is just littered with trash. It's just um, every, everywhere, just trash. And like, like eventually, you, you know, your landlord comes around and it's like that. Bo, we need to have a conversation. You kind of let the, the property go a little bit here. And you're like that. Did you watch the X-Files? You don't come and preach to me, Mr. Landlord Man. I'm what I'm going to do actually is uh invite David Duchovny over and I'm going to have him eat all the garbage. <laughs> or or you could open the door to your landlord with a band-aid under your nose. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to tell Duchovny to put his mouth where his mouth is. <laughs> and we are going to uh get rid of some garbage. But I know I enjoyed this episode. I thought um I thought it was good, you know. It, yeah, it it's yeah. it it has some problems. Um, for sure, but you know, it, it, we got a homeless predator. Yeah, and- oh, no, that, definitely, definitely. That, like I say, there's there's some flaws here, which knock it down a bit below two for me. I thought two was a very well written episode, um, and it, it kind of played into two. Thus far, out of all the episodes, feels the most like the overall vibe of the X Files to me episode two because it was so run-of-the-mill it was so we've kind of seen this story done before it was very play it safe um that i once again i think what the show is doing is it's it's allowing itself these little opportunities to play off almost the beats of the original uh, the original series um 
that two definitely once I like three is an amazing episode. It, it's even more amazing because it comes after two, which was very dry in tone, and then you come into three, and three just shines. You know, like if you park your car beside a shittier car, your car instantly looks better. Um, that's kind of that's kind of what you know. Three becomes an even greater episode, even though it is a fucking phenomenal episode, just because of its position. And then you jump to four, and four is allowed to be that a little bit more goofy because we've already covered some goofy stuff. So if you're a new, I, I always try and keep bringing myself back to this we understand it because we've watched them all if i am a person that has never seen the excels before and i am sitting down to watch this i still don't think i personally have a grasp on what the x-files actually are because every episode yeah. every episode thus far has been completely different from the previous one it's been very tonally different um but after watching the third episode the idea of a giant marauding homeless predator would not be outlandish because we've had a lizard werewolf uh, or wereman um we're man <laughs> we um uh, you've know, already had that in the previous episode so they could pretty much do anything now you know what i mean they could have like a lord of the rings crossover where gandalf the gray appears um to tell them all about gandalf the gray is actually the greys um, it's not aliens at all. It's, it's Gandalf. Uh, you know, if they wanted to posit that, I don't think new viewers would be put off. <laughs> I think they'd probably ride that train. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I think, uh, like I say, a couple of couple of character choices, couple of writing things that knock it down. But this is not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, and it gave us like like I said before, some of the greatest kills ever seen in the X Files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, this whole season has been a nice Whitman sampler of what the <laughs> X Files can do. Yeah, you know, it, it it really does feel like every episode is sort of representative of a group of episodes. Um, all right, Duncan, we have but two episodes left, and a lot of story to get through. If the, if if we're assuming that these six episodes. Well, there's two ways to look at it. These six episodes are either the sampler, which is put out there to tickle the fancy of a studio executive to greenlight further episodes of The X-Files. Mm, I love my then, fancy tickled. <laughs> the, 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 the next two episodes <laughs> can cover things, but don't, don't need to wrap things up in a neat bow right at the end of it. However... If this is uh we are going out, we're just bringing it back for one last hoo-ha, um, like the, the last Rambo movie, um, then what we should see in these last two episodes is uh, possibly a, a two-parter, which will wrap up this kind of new idea of the alien conspiracy, bring back the smoking man, and a bit more Skinner, no Skinner in this episode. Shit my head. Yeah, um, I'm I'm fine with the uh, we a creature episode not having um, as much Skinner. This yeah, one this should have had a little bit, a little little sousant of Skinner would have. Yeah, been Skinner nice. should have been there. Skinner should have been there when Scully found out her mother had had a heart attack. That's right. the sort of thing. Skinner was there for less in the previous run, so Skinner should probably have been there. Um, right. Where is Mitch? Get Mitch your, involved. Uh, Mitch your mother's is dying, bitch. Scully. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think <laughs> that's a terrible Mitch play. It's um, perfect. It's, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'd, it'll be interesting to see where we go. To me, the logical next step is a two-parter. 
Um, but I don't I think, think that's what we're getting. No, actually. we're not. Yeah, we're not getting that. We're getting two episodes, which to me denotes maybe they're trying to... Maybe they are trying... Maybe this is Chris Carter trying to drum up some more interest for, for further X-Files. We've both said, I think even if the last two episodes were the biggest pile of dog shit ever committed to TV, I would still check out X-Files a year from now, two years from now, if they brought it back. Yeah. It's done enough it's done enough in these four episodes for me to think that, yes, it, it is good to have it back on TV and not purely for nostalgia reasons. There's enough in there to back up its purpose on TV. It serves yes. a purpose, which there is a market there for it, and it serves a purpose. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. So, yes. uh, yeah. Um, all right, Duncan. Uh, tell uh, the nice people where they can find you, please. Uh, yeah, I do a show called The Podcast Under the Stairs. Bo was on this week's episode. Bo came on to talk about Evil Dead 2. We ran the baz right through the entire Evil Dead franchise, including the remake. Um, he had never seen them before and uh, he gave his opinions back. Some of them are absolutely the most shocking things you'll hear committed to a podcast. <laughs> he, uh, as a small spoiler, he effing loved Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I, I, that kind of kind of crushed my soul a little bit. And then when I heard that the, the Danny from the Midnight Horror Show who was on to mentor him, when Danny started siding with him on certain things, I was like, you have corrupted my friends, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, very much like the Deadite Plague goes through everyone and gets in contact with. Um, that's kind of what happened with Baz. But yes, yeah, so that, that episode just dropped. You can check that one out on Legion Podcast Network or on iTunes for Podcasts Under the Stairs. Use the website tputzcast.com. Um, and I also do a show with my good buddy, Bo Ransdell here, called Duncan and Bo Come Correct. It's the bigger show to this. Um, and we are going to be recording a new one real soon. And uh, FYI, it's... It's going to be fucking awesome. I cannot wait. I chose a film for you that I just assumed you'd seen, and I can't wait for you to watch it because you're going to fucking love it. Yeah, I, I know I am, and I'm. I, I like I said, I'm still fingers are crossed for my dark horse, but it's so unusual that it has it has a real chance by virtue of just being so different. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's always a pleasure. You can find. Uh, Duncan and Bo come correct on legionpodcasts.com as well as iTunes. Um, I didn't mean to step on you. Anything else uh, you um, want to mention? Chronicle. Uh, uh, you yeah, got to talk Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle. Um, I think we mentioned last week that the first episode had dropped. The response has been phenomenal for that. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, and the next episode will drop a. Well, it'll be this will be dropping this week, obviously, uh, the week of the episode. So next week, so Monday after the show drops, you will be able to hear the second episode where we will be, well, where I will be discussing Vampire um, from 1932, uh, done uh, directed by Carol Theodore Dreyer, um, and I can't wait to do that one. That one is a insanely fascinating movie. Um, and one that, when the first time I actually watched it, it did actually scare the shit out of me, and I don't know why. I think it's just it's. It kind of reminds me. He's like a really, he's like a proto Kubrick. Um, just the way he sets things up, it's all really methodical and creepy as shit uh, for no reason at all. You're like, why is this scene creepy? Nothing's fucking happening in it. Um, yeah. I yeah. really like Grace Jones in that a lot too. <laughs> no, that's vamp. Oh, oh. 
Different movie, but... Oh, it's good, though. It's very Kubrickian as well. But, but yeah, Bam's a fucking awesome movie. Bam is totally underrated. It's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be discussing that one, and that one will be dropping... Um, Monday after this show uh, so go and check it out the episodes are nice and short uh, for, for those out there that don't have long attention spans or just want to listen to something as they drive into work yeah it, it's a great show um, thank very, you yeah 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 I, I, you know I'm both jealous of it and, and uh, amazed uh, that I know someone who does a show like that so um, for uh, for myself legionpodcast.com you can find everything I do there including this show uh Duncan and Bo come correct and uh the shotcast which is the video game podcast because sometimes uh I get tired of t- uh, talking about movies <laughs> and and decide that uh what people really want to hear me talk about is uh X- XCOM 2 um which is great <laughs> it's good you should play I just XCOM finished I, I just finished um the new Just Cause game which really brought out the violent side of me. Like, but it's funny how you, it's funny how it's funny how after playing a game like that, you just look at everyday obstacles as I could just blow this up. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm that way with Grand Theft Auto. If I've been playing that for a while and get behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> then I'm like, I could hit someone. Yeah, it's and, a weird, and, <laughs> you just you think to yourself, I could just beat up this prostitute after I've slept with her, so I don't have to pay her. <laughs> I mean, that hits a little close to home, but... Yeah, always uh, be a prostitute, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening out there, if you're listening while you're cruising to pick up a prostitute, mm-hmm. member and pair. They, they're they're working hard for their money, too. Also, uh, just a, a, a quick uh, prostitute uh, <laughs> pro tip. Uh, if you are with a prostitute in a, in a motel room and need to leave for the bathroom for any reason, make her clap when you leave. That's right. That is, that is, that's, yeah. Yeah. You might want to explain. They might not understand why, Bo, but you might have to explain. Well, that way she can't steal your wallet while you're in that's, the bathroom. Yeah. Unless, unless she's learned to clap her tits. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? In which case, it was worth every penny. Yeah, she can get that money. In fact, give her more. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. At that point, you know, that's an encore situation. Um, <laughs> So thank you very much for listening uh, to this silliness. Uh, we, we really do appreciate it. Um, leave us a review up on the iTunes if you're uh, enjoying the show. Uh, and if you're not, keep it to yourself, uh, quite frankly. Um, oh, man, all this, all this Scottish is rubbing off on me. It is. Uh, that's it. So uh, until next week when we talk about the penultimate episode of X-Files Season 10, uh, this is... Bo and Duncan uh, saying goodnight. So say goodnight, Duncan. Good night, everyone. See you later. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs>